Sounds better than ever here. <laughs> it's yeah. just cool that Drake's here. I'm glad he's a fan of the podcast. And he's he's actually in studio listening to us to record right now. So if you hear some laughter in the background, that might be might be Drake. Um so if you're if you're reading this it's too late is the is the album uh that we're listening to. But if you're listening to this, it's too late because we had an emergency. Mm-hmm. We, we couldn't bring you our normal like style of podcasting here on episode 29 of Extended Clip. Welcome, by the way. Yeah, I'm Eddie Averill. I'm Malcolm Baum. I'm JT White. There's a storm warning. That's why we're recording this really fast. We got a lot of danger. We got <laughs> to stock up on episodes before the storm because <laughs> afterwards, wh- who knows what will happen. Uh, After the Storm by uh, Hirokazu Koreeda. Did you see that? No, I haven't seen any of his uh, You haven't seen any Koreeda? What about you, JT? No. Me neither. Well, I've seen two of his movies, but I haven't seen that one. Well, you got me beat. I haven't seen any of his movies. Actually, I just realized I was doing a lie, and I've only seen one of his movies. See, there was a tweet like a year ago where someone said he was the art house Ron Howard or something like that, and I felt like, damn, am I not allowed to like this dude now? (laughs) That is true. I, I don't really see too much positive about him. <laughs> okay, Drake, that's enough. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, settle down. <laughs> uh, I hope we don't get copywritten for it's, that one. That's yeah. fine. It's movie talk time now, yeah. Drake. <laughs> it's of your music. Movie time, baby. So this is a weird extended clip, and you know the next one's going to be weird too. And if I had my money on anything, I'd say it. The next one would be weird after that. True, or maybe we'll maybe we'll hit a hot streak on our last one. And like, this is our first time recording three in a row, so maybe by our third, it's going to be the best one we've recorded. Yeah, I think the third will really shine. We've recorded two episodes in a row a handful of times um, in the history of our pod, but usually at least one of those we have like a double feature to do on the podcast, and we do you know the normal thing that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, frankly, as I said earlier. We had a bit of an emergency. Yeah. I had an accident. <laughs> and I need to go home. So we're going to try to record these fast. <laughs> yeah. Before the ground gets one drop on it. Ew. Ew, that's, that's nasty. Uh, you know, so I was just thinking about that, actually. Uh, in Magnolia, when I was rewatching it this time, it really stuck out to me that when the kid pees himself and, like, the, the pack in his leg or whatever for the special effect is, like, at his calf. Yeah. So you could see it, like, starting right, like, near his knee. And it's mm. just like, that's not where pee-pee goes. True. Someone was afraid to do their job right and yeah. get up in his business. Well, that's the thing. When you're doing these fucking <laughs> long takes and the effects don't line up by one half a second... I guess if you're like running out of money, you just keep it in there. But mm-hmm. Paul had carte blanche on that. He could have gone buck wild. Yeah, he could have had that kid piss himself so many <laughs> times. Just do it again. Do it for no. Do it for real this time. Um, <laughs> he was a young. You know what? He was a young filmmaker. Probably was lazy. Saw it and didn't do anything about it. Damn, you know? that's wild. Because young people are lazy. <laughs> Look at that lazing on the job. <laughs> he was he was uh, wearing a sombrero over his head, <laughs> tipping over and taking a, a siesta in the, in the L.A. sun. <laughs> yeah, in the director's chair. <laughs> it's just like a big bubble coming out of his nose. He doesn't even need to be in the director's chair. They're editing. They're just like, yeah. I don't know where Paul is, man. Like he's just still on set, I guess. <laughs> Oh man. Well, uh so anyway, we we're all going away for the holidays. As I think I said a couple episodes back, so we're doing some weird episodes where we don't have double features and some of them will be listicles. Uh, <laughs> Hope you like BuzzFeed type shit. Wow, uh, OMG. So extended <laughs> clip. <laughs> Bottom of the barrel real anti-intellectual type shit. <laughs> Oh, man, you know, one day I'll pitch myself to BuzzFeed as a writer and I'll say, hey, I'm a scrapping young film critic and I'd love to write for your news outlet. And uh, then they're going to take one look at my CV and they're going to see extended clip and they're going to listen to every episode and hear that. Damn. And that's gonna cost me a job. <laughs> well, hey, you you signed the contract. You're you're in. You're in till you're out. All right. No, nah, being a <laughs> podcast host is all about being your own boss. I'm not looking for work anymore. <laughs> yeah. I make the work. <laughs> I'll make my own BuzzFeed, and I'll have other people click on. We my should own. make our own BuzzFeed. Yeah, that True. would be cool. 
I we kind of are. All right, cool. We kind of so, this is kind of our own BuzzFeed and our own personal BuzzFeed. Okay, so what's it called? All right, I guess it's called Extended Clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a podcast. Yeah, it's a podcast <laughs> instead of a website. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> redefining what BuzzFeed could be. Oh, geez. Well, do you guys want to get back in that time machine? <laughs> yeah. <I think> yeah. <laughs> why, why not? Yeah. Time machine. This is the hot tub time machine <laughs> era of extended clip. <laughs> yeah. It just. Oh, fucking pick a year. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> See, this is this is when our homework has paid off for us. All these years of watching movies. It's all for something. Going back to my favorite website of all time. Random.org. <laughs> Random. <laughs> the shit you see on this website is fucked up (laughs) (laughs) it's like are you can you have to be 18 or older to use (laughs) random.org sunday april 25th 1992 why are we only in the 90s everything is you know what i'm gonna i'm gonna redo this let's wrap this time machine let's just do what we want let's just do what we want (laughs) yeah um whatever year we want but it's fun to randomize it yeah here let's do it this time let's widen the field let's go 1950 yeah. Okay. Yeah. To yeah. 1989. We've watched old movies. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah Fuck yeah. it. That's 50 years, right? Yeah. Don't don't. <laughs> hey. <laughs> don't don't try don't try to get me to answer that. Uh, I'm joking. Minimum one, max 40. Let's see what we get. Uh, 38. So what's 1950 plus? 30? So it's 1988. I guess so. You, yeah. You yeah. set up this math. Sounds good to <laughs> yeah, me. Yeah. Sounds good to me. Damn, dude. I can't believe we're all the way back in 1988. 1988. What That's you know wild. that year? So much stuff happened that year. Yeah, I know. we're gonna we're gonna go outside, stretch our legs. Uh, you know, exchange. You know, we're actually pretty rich. It's 1988. Yeah. We got I got like 20 bucks on me. Let's go to freaking Musso and Frank's. <laughs> I'm wearing a collared shirt. I feel like Mike Douglas, Wall Street never sleeps. <laughs> yeah, I'm just high off of cocaine. I'm high, yeah, just coked up, yacked up <laughs> Yo, like dude, Mike I'm, Douglas. I'm Mickey S. Douglas over here. <laughs> Mickey <laughs> Douglas. <laughs> Speaking of which, I hope people don't start calling Richard Jewell Dickie Jewell, but if they did, I started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Welcome back to Extended Clip. We're listening to our favorite 80s music. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Getting used to the time, you know. Some hardcore punk that came out eight years ago. <laughs> I just found this record on the floor in 1988. Yeah, I was going to a fucked up hardcore show, a post-hardcore show, because now that's the era we're in. And um, yeah, I found out about this band, Black Flag? Okay, good. Yeah, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) Knowing these punk musicians, it could have been... uh, Exactly, that's what I'm saying. It could have been something I can't say. Well, in 1988, I could have said that on a podcast, but... True, a podcast. (laughs) I would have I would have had to wag my <laughs> finger at you and go, no no no, please don't say it. So it's December thirteenth, nineteen eighty eight. What are we gonna see? Oh, dude, we're so close to Rain Man coming out. Oh, it's next damn. week though. It's next week. We gotta damn. wait till. Ra- you know, I'm down to stay here until Rain Man comes <laughs> out because <laughs> I want to watch that with an audience. You know, I want to go to the right theater and watch that with an audience. <laughs> right, let's just buy that while we're at the theater. This week, let's buy the tickets in advance for yeah. next week. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. So a real right. Rain Man move of man. <laughs> <laughs> you buy out all the tickets. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Four while in this. <laughs> um. Let's see. What could we see? What could we see? Twins is out. We twins. we love our movie oh, I stars. Love twins. Yeah. Dude, I love twins. Twins. Too. Twins, yeah. dude. And <laughs> twins. <laughs> dude, we could see. Boy, oing, oing. <laughs> we could see. I'm gonna get you, sucker. And twins. Twins? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Twins. I just want to keep doing the twins bit. <laughs> yeah. Forever. Twins. <laughs> oh, man. Um, yeah, so, like, we went to, like, a totally 80s freaking bar and got messed up, and it was yeah, fun. I'm so fucked up from the, all the <laughs> alcohol. such an drink. 80s thing. <laughs> I'm so fucked up right now. <laughs> I just got served up a, a, a drink from Tom Cruise and Cocktail, <laughs> a movie that came out in 1988. <laughs> oh, man. Well, we're going to talk about Cocktail and some of our other favorites uh, right after this break, so enjoy the sounds of Black Flag. (laughs) 
we're back in 1988 with our friend Tracy Chapman. It's a great album. Yeah, we've had a lot of big musical guests on today. <laughs> Very strange <laughs> for our film podcast. Taking a nice pivot. We, we love buy like it. Yeah. Yeah. We look at like we go to museums, we read books, we uh, study philosophy. Well, I was just protesting because we were compiling our 10 best films of the year because that's everything. Like anytime we take we get in the time machine, <laughs> we have to compile our 10 best films of the year of wherever we end up. So I was trying to convince them to let me put Fast Car, probably Tracy Chapman, as my film of the year. They wouldn't let me. So, you know, we're leading in with it. Sure. That's the narrative you want to go with. Fine. <laughs> All right, to be fair, Malcolm did make some salient points about Twin Peaks being considered a cinema and, you know, breaking the rules. Everyone loves that argument. It's like, who fucking cares? That's like, so, that's like, who cares? Honestly. It's very true. <laughs> it's very true. Who gives, like, oh, God. Like, all right, my one thing with, like, Martin Scorsese is, like, oh, Marvel's not cinema. I'm like, that's kind of, it's like, it's Cin- like who gives a shit. Yeah, it's like cinema. It's yeah, like, that's like come on. at community college once. Uh, yeah. This one dude was asking me about what kind of movies I liked, and I told him like, I think I just literally said Slacker by Richard Linklater, mm-hmm. and he didn't know what it was, and he's like, "So what do you like more, man? Like film or like cinema?" <laughs> <laughs> Red pill, blue pill yeah. situation. <laughs> Yeah, it was a defining moment for me uh, to not laugh at. I mean, I did laugh, but I, I <laughs> yeah, like I was in no authority. That was community college. I'd barely seen anything at that point anyway. But, but still, that's, I mean, that's that's funny to someone who's not even into movies. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, that's like, just yeah, that's just blowhard, total blowhard. But no, I feel like I've got, I've definitely got like, what's the difference between a film and a movie <laughs> <laughs> uh, before? Uh, well. So we did come to a consensus on our 10 favorite films of the year. Actually, we didn't. We each picked three. True. And, uh, Top nine. Well, we'll figure out what number one is. I think Damn. we all know in our hearts what is uh, to be determined. But uh, let's let's kick it off with number 10. JT, you want to you wanna do one of yours? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I guess the first one... I Sorry want... the font in your uh, memory is so small. <laughs> I'll, <laughs> no, it's I'll make it bigger right now. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Actually, no. I can't. Sorry, well, no, you just I, have to I know closer. what I know what uh, one I'm going to talk about because uh, it's the one I've most recently seen. Uh, Killer Clowns from Out in Outer Space uh, by Stephen Chiodo, I think, is the name of the director. Um, he was like a big like FX kind of guy. Like he did the uh, Ninja Turtle. Like him and his brother did the Ninja Turtles um, like costumes. And then I think I just like read on uh, Wikipedia that they did uh, some of the claymation uh, Simpsons stuff uh, for when they did those bits. Um, but I really like Killer Clowns from Outer Space because it's just like a very fun uh, like horror comedy thing where it's just the killer clowns land and have a lot of weird like horrifying like clown based space shit and just kill people for like. Uh, an hour and a half in really funny ways and there's no like real plot in that sense but it's just like such a good time like seeing all the practical effects and uh yeah it's a real treat um that's that's some watsonville hometown cinema from where i'm from and actually i remembered a story i actually knew knew someone whose house was used for that movie and they said that the crew fucked their house up and just, <laughs> just left, basically. <laughs> oh, so, that's awesome. Oh, yeah. man, punk rock cinema. Punk rock. Hey, we were listening to some punk rock earlier. It just <laughs> triggered that inside me, that punk attitude. <laughs> what, Tracy Chapman? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really, sometimes it's real punk to be vulnerable. <laughs> uh, Malcolm, you want to hit us with uh, number nine? I'll hit you with number nine. With the nine, dude. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude! Don't threaten me with that nine. <laughs> I keep a nine on me, but uh, um, yeah, the Serpent in the Rainbow by Wes Craven. Um, I think it's one of his more underrated movies. It's not really looked at quite favorably. Um, it's quite possible maybe there's some racist undertones in its uh, depiction of uh, Haiti. It's like a voodoo movie, which is a little antiquated for the time. I don't know if they. When's this? I, I doubt this is the last voodoo movie, but yeah. I mean, it, you don't see him around much anymore, probably for a good reason. <laughs> yeah. Um, but honestly, I mean, 
if you look at the movie, it's about a someone who goes into something they don't know anything about and they kind of get punished by the culture for, uh, you know, sticking their nose where it doesn't belong. So, I mean, ultimately, it's it's a it's it's a less of a favorable depiction of scientists than it is of voodoo practicers, which I hate science and scientists. So, yeah, that shit sucks. It sucks so bad. And, uh, you know, this is his Wes Craven's I Walked With a Zombie, of course. Nice. You know, got to say it. Um, Bill Pullman. Everyone loves Bill Pullman. Oh, right? yeah. Yeah, I love um, it. There's some good scenes where he's getting, like, tortured by witch doctors. It still has, like, fun effects. I haven't seen it in a while, so it's a little blurry in my memory. But uh, I think this era of Craven's a little underrated. I think People Under the Stairs, which comes after this, it's one of his better movies. Um, fun gimp suit action, anti-regonomics type shit. Nice. Um, but, yeah, good good movie. Re- did Bill Pullman die? Is he dead? Or was that <laughs> Bill Paxton? That was Paxton. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rip Bill Paxton. <laughs> My Paxton's grown. Yeah. I yeah. prefer you call it William. <laughs> is is Bill Paxton related to Sarah Paxton? <laughs> I don't know. Take that up with him. <laughs> All right. I'll I'll do that. Eddie, why don't you tell us your movie that you have for this list? Well, since alongside my uh, Tracy Chapman suggestion, they also turned down my idea of the uh, 1988 World Series victory by the Dodgers, uh, the last one ever. Uh, Mm -hmm. So instead, I'm going to pick a baseball movie instead of a baseball playoff series. I'm going to pick Bull Durham. Uh, Now, Bull Durham is a film with Kevin Costner and Susan Sarandon, and uh, it's about minor league baseball. And minor league baseball is something that has always interested me. It's like the title of uh, the the Sam Raimi baseball movie, For Love of the Game. You know, Uh, the guys who are, you know, minor league lifers, it's kind of like a working class professional athlete that you don't really see glamorized or even just showcased at all uh, in the cinema or television. So I think it's just like a really interesting milieu and you know it's not like it, it's very much considered a classic baseball movie and that's why frankly it doesn't fully align with my taste you know i wish mm-hmm. it was more of a of an altman-esque kind of like investigation of the milieu and like mm-hmm. a longer hangout thing and instead you get some very very like clumsy uh passages about like uh <laughs> kevin costner's beliefs uh including uh the crack of the bat and like uh like something about a pussy uh i think like, I, I think do you I, remember the line I, I i don't remember the line but it's like it's kind of like if aaron sorkin was good if yeah is, exactly is but it's it. still it's hard not to, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah i i guess i kind of look at it favorably maybe from a little bit of a distance from you know myself but i it is corny and it mm. like it did make you know there's a couple groaners in there oh yeah <laughs> but i think costner costner's charisma this is him dialing up the charisma i feel like sometimes he gets painted as somewhat plastic but he brings his charm for this one his uh his dick swinging charm you know <laughs> <laughs> where are you going after 12 years in the minor leagues i don't try out besides uh I don't believe in quantum physics when it comes to matters of the heart. What do you believe in then? Well, I believe in the soul. The cock, the pussy, the small of a woman's back, the hanging curveball, high fiber, good scotch. I love it. I love it The novels of Susan Sontag are self-indulgent, overrated (laughs) crap. I believe Lee Harvey Oswald acted alone. I believe there ought to be a constitutional amendment outlawing AstroTurf and the designated hitter. I believe in the sweet spot, softcore pornography, opening your presents Christmas morning rather than Christmas Eve. And I believe in long, slow, deep, soft, wet kisses that last three days. Damn, dude. Damn. You know what that actually kind of reminds me of <laughs> is um, that rules. So yeah, much. it does rule. First, <laughs> yeah. it does. I'm wrong. That yeah. fucking rules. <laughs> <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, the stupid the thing that is actually bad. The George Carlin like modern man. Like, sure. oh I'm, yeah, I'm a high fi low tech. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Bull Durham just gets a lot right about like the attitude of loving fucking baseball, and then mm-hmm. you get Susan Sarandon as just like one, you know, purely like a male fantasy of a character, frankly, and mm-hmm. like. And maybe, hey, maybe your fantasy. She's she's sleeping around a lot. Maybe that's your fantasy. I mean, hey. 
Exactly. Uh, she's the good luck charm of this minor league baseball team. Uh, but Bull Durham, you know, his, his fuck game is a bit too, like, you know, he he puts his fuck game above uh, the minor league uh, <laughs> woman. Uh, but, you know, what do you think happens? It's a fucking romance movie. <laughs> True, exactly. Uh, but it's a, it's a really good movie. And uh, there's a lot of, like, uh, Costner just, like, muttering under his breath while rounding the bases or in the batter's box. And, you know, it's that pure, like, stream of consciousness shit talking that's not actually that smooth that happens when you play sports. And it's great. Um, JT, what about you for uh, Lucky number seven? Oh. <laughs> uh- Lucky number seven, um, a rather unlucky film, uh, Married to the Mob uh, by Jonathan Demme. This is an era of Demme that I really love where it's like, I think Something Wild is around this time as well. And just like a lot of his movies uh, have like a rapid, like high paced energy that's like very uh, screwball-esque and like there's so much going on there's a little bit of like uh with the michelle pfeiffer character in this and uh the female lead in something wild it's sort of like proto uh the uh manic pixie dream girl in a little bit with their high energy but they're like more fleshed out characters that's definitely one that I've been wanting to watch for a while. I've had that and something wild like queued up on my hard drive for about a year now, and I've been uh, like reluctant to pull the trigger. But I definitely really want to get into Demi because the the small handful I've seen have all been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those and then uh, a little bit earlier, nineteen eighty, Melvin and Howard. Oh yeah, I uh, really love. That's like based off of a guy who. Uh, alleges that Howard Hughes like left him like a bunch of money after he died. Nice. And they just have like such a like fun, fast paced energy with these where it's like again, like real uh screenwritery, but where it's hitting the beats in like a good way, like a very tightly mm-hmm. um wound script. Wait, and who who stars in Married to the Mob again? Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, okay. Um Oliver Platt, uh Dean Stockwell's in it. Real Italians. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Real it's fucking a, Italians. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it, that one definitely looks very good, yeah. And he uses uh, Goodbye Horses in this as ah. well. I was surprised to hear that it's very bold for a filmmaker to use a needle drop more than once. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, Malcolm, do you have a lucky yeah. number six? Yeah, I do have a <laughs> 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 Yeah. Yeah, I do have a film. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm thinking I'm number six. <laughs> Lucky number uh, six. Uh, it's Cop, directed by James B. Harris. Um, James B. Harris, he has an interesting career. I think he directed like a softcore movie about like a lonely jazz musician in like the 70s or something like that. Hmm. Could be wrong about that, but it's something along those lines. <laughs> it sound, that sounds cool, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I think it's called Some Call It Loving. It's on the hard drive. I need to give it a watch. Um, but I'm talking about Cop, and this stars James Woods, noted real-life fascist. And uh, I, I don't use this word lightly, folks. Um, See, I know him as a real-life friend of mine through the show Family Guy. Family Guy. <laughs> I allow him into my living room each and every Sunday evening. <laughs> Noted degenerate cocaine <laughs> addict James Woods, who just gets high all day and is wherever he lives and just gets angry at people on Twitter, just <laughs> railing lines. Um, plays a character not too dissimilar to what his real life persona has become or always was. I don't really know. But a uh, cop, pretty simple. It's about a cop. And this cop doesn't play by the rules, let me tell you that. He's dirty. And uh, we find, you know, cop starts out and, you know, the the with the brutal murder of a young woman you know so surprising and basically <laughs> basically what happens is you know james woods gets obsessed with this case about a serial killer who's killing women and uh specifically in in this one it's a feminist woman so james oh, woods nice. kind of does a cruising style deep dive into the <laughs> feminist <laughs> underworld oh wow yeah which yeah. is like you could tell if this type of movie's for you. Because <laughs> um, if you would have told me that, I would have been salivating. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, and it's it's real sleazy, real brutal. 
you know james woods he's a dirty cop he fucks hookers or Damn. he fucks sex workers yeah, uh, <laughs> whoa well I, I guess in in the 80s context he was he was fucking hookers but Damn. <laughs> that's messed up dude um yeah well hey this movie's messed up and um basically woods go gets in over his head gets obsessed with the case and this is what's kind of interesting about this movie well i don't know if the creators of this movie were exactly condemning what James Woods was doing on scene. I mean, they probably didn't uh, approve of the the cheating. You know, that was probably painted as a bad thing. But um, every every at every turn, he's kind of treated as like kind of smaller than he is. You know, not having as much power as you think. And like, you know, he's he goes to the sergeant, asks for more manpower on this case. You're like, no. You're fucking crazy. <laughs> um, his wife and children leave him like a third way through the movie, like very quietly. It's almost like he doesn't care or notice. Um, and it has one of the best endings of all time mm-hmm. where James Woods, I'm not going to say the exact quote because I feel like it would ruin yeah. it, but it ends with James Woods killing the 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 serial killer and uh, him, you know, giving a nice juicy like three sentences, but it goes bang 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 oh and wow the, and the Whoa. movie ends that's so, fucking hard as bricks it's it's hard as bricks it's honestly so much fun it's if you I like can't wait is it i'm guessing it's like sub 95 minutes yeah yeah oh no it's 110 minutes wow but i'm surprised it moves quick though it right? moves quick it's a whole lot of fun if you like the sleazy stuff yeah. i think this is this is a nice serving on your plate I've been looking forward to checking that one out for quite a bit yeah yeah say hey save it for a rainy day also um James, maybe like an even better performance than Videodrome for James wow, Woods. Like damn. James Woods kills it. Like he's perfect for that role. And it's easy to say, oh, he's like a real life racist, you know, fascist. And it's like, yeah, true. And he's a, he also, he was acting too. So good job on the acting, James Woods. <laughs> was it, dare you say, better than his performance in Family Guy? Well, you know, comedy and drama are two different registers, <laughs> so I have to rank them parallel to each other. It's hard to evaluate because, like, Family Guy, his character has such an extreme arc over the course of the series of as course. well. I prefer his Simpsons work. Oh, okay. Um, number five is going to be The Decline of Western Civilization, Part 2, The Metal Years, by Penelope Spheris. Now, if you're not familiar... Uh, with this trilogy of films. They're about different, I guess you could say, heavy rock movements uh, of the 80s and 90s. Part one is about early hardcore punk, like our friends Black Flag were playing earlier. Uh, but she gets to Black Flag, you know, in the pre-Rollins days. She gets to mm-hmm. their, their fucked up, you know, I believe it's Des Cadena is the singer at the time Nervous where breakdown. she films them. I, b- I believe it is. And they yeah. play white minority on mm-hmm. uh, camera and she subtitles all the lyrics. Uh, <laughs> and that's like a great example of what Penelope Spheres is doing with this project is she's kind of just like letting all of these rockers show their asses Medi- uh, metaphorically and literally. Uh, Yowza. Some hot rock <laughs> ass in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, like she's just letting people talk and like expose how stupid the rock mindset is and how fried their brains are. And like the hardcore punk kids, you know, at least mm-hmm. they have an ethos, but a lot of them don't. A lot of them are yeah. just like, you know, anarcho punks or whatever. Yeah. Uh, some of them have like actual ideologies, but they talk for 30 seconds or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Decline Part Two, however, is about the heavy metal scene in Los Angeles in the late 80s. And, you know, you get uh, Aerosmith, Alice Cooper, Kiss. Megadeth, Motorhead, Ozzy. It's it's quite a fucking fun time, you know. And Motorhead's feature is great because Lemmy is just standing on this like gorgeous like cliff, uh, you know, overlooking uh, a big part of LA right as the sun's going down and all the lights are coming on in the city. And it's not like a particularly beautiful film to look at, but that really is. And there's a couple interviews where Spheris pulls out the big guns to get stylistic with it. And uh, there's one where Gene Simmons is uh, surrounded by women in his bed and the camera is like uh, from bird's eye view and it's like twirling downward in toward him. <laughs> and Gene Simmons is literally the biggest dirtbag like in the history of dirtbags. So um, check it out. Yeah. What about uh, number four? Do you have you have one for that, JT? Yeah, I have number four locked and loaded. It's uh, Vampire's Kiss uh, by Robert Bierman. 
Um, this for me is very similar in the realm to like Moonstruck, where it's like a very weird, like not an auteur piece, but like a weird studio film. Uh, how do you fellows feel about Nicolas Cage? Oh, I'm a fan. Oh, also we should. Say, sorry, I hate to interrupt you. No, it's okay. I should say that Brett Michaels, a uh, friend of the podcast, does appear in Decline Part Two. Nice. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want Brett to be represented. I appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like Nick Cage to some extent is like really exhausted by the whole like random guy like meme thing of like, oh man, like he's. He's a bad actor. Yeah. Um, but he just has like really expressive performances that when in like some of his best shit like really pop off. And Vampire's Kiss is one of my favorite roles of his, where it's like this standard sort of vampire story, like he gets bit by one and like slowly becomes one himself and is sort of like hallucinating. Uh, but he's also like a publishing executive and it feels very similar to me to American Psycho in that like corporate satire realm, but uh, Vampire's Kiss like takes it up a few notches and goes way more over the top, and I think is uh, a lot of fun in that sense. Um, because I've been like kind of I really liked American Psycho as like a young buck. Um, I remember many nights uh, rewatching that film. And I feel like now I might be a little bit embarrassed to go back to it. I'm not mm-hmm. sure if uh, that's something I feel like cause it's like a real entryway film yeah. that I feel actually might be a little embarrassing or bad. Um, but I, f- I feel like it, I feel like and I feel like I'd still like it if I rewatched it. That's that's my inclination for some reason out of like kind of like the quote unquote like bro yeah. canon or whatever. Um, I feel like that one might be one of the better ones. I don't know why, but I that's my inclination. I, I rewatched it in a film class and it definitely wasn't bad. Like it, it held up as like an enjoyable movie. I think some of the people reacting to it very loudly uh, very much annoyed me and yeah. made me feel like I was 12 years old or that they were 12 years old. And it's like, <laughs> uh, hey, it's kind of weird for me to be in a classroom with 12-year-olds. <laughs> Yeah, my ex- babysitter. Sorry. Excuse me. This is a film, not a movie. <laughs> this is a cinema thing. <laughs> yeah, but no. To just wrap up, I think like Vampire's Kiss does like a better job. Uh, like even though I like liked American Psycho, I think it does like a more interesting thing with it and is a lot more campy. Mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to checking that out. Yeah. I mean, me too. I mean, as much as I was, you know, caping for American Psycho right there. I mean, Bale's no fucking Nick Cage, so... Not even close. Yeah, not even That's close. the thing. Bale is pretty good in that movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, he definitely commits, but he's... I don't like him really in anything. Like, the no. Malick stuff, he's fine, but, like... True, yeah. Come on. He could, Malick could do better. <laughs> <laughs> do better, Malick. Um, you got one for uh, number three, Malcolm? Yeah, I think I do. I All think right, I do cool. have one. Um, School Days. Ooh, Spike this is Lee. a good one. It's amazing. And, you know, as much as we... We, I don't know if we've said this on the pod, but I guess, you know, champing late Spike Lee, we're both like, Spike Lee's still good. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, he's for still sure. Great. Yeah, 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 he's still yeah. great. But you can't deny there's a certain energy in his, you know, first debut films with Ernest mm-hmm. Dickerson that are, like, amazing and, mm-hmm. you know, can't be recreated. Um, and, you know, School Days is just as good as any of them. You know, it's right up there with me, you know, with Do the Right Thing. It's... um. It's so funny. Like it's it's really hilarious. Yeah. It, it's um, I think about that that set piece where the uh, there's the confrontation between the black radicals and the frat, and mm-hmm. the frat walks in like a, in like a line like a human centipede line as dogs wearing like <laughs> leather dog gear. It's, it's so good. So good. So over the top. Some great like a great musical like great yeah. musical sequences. Um, the one between the, is it. I guess the female black radicals and the mm-hmm. sororities. The one that takes place at like a salon, right? Yeah, the yeah, one yeah. that takes place. That is an incredible fucking set piece. The, yeah. The choreography is incredible and like the the color palettes that Spike and uh, Ernest Dickerson are working mm-hmm. with throughout the film are just like next fucking level expressive. And it's so funny because it kind of represents the 80s, but it also represents, you know, Spike moving into the 90s. Mm-hmm. But the rest of American cinema was not there. No. Like, yeah. yeah like, especially ideology. Like, I don't know. You know, we talked last week about Spike's, you know, uh, the criticism of misogyny and his work. Mm-hmm. But I think he paints a pretty bleak portrait as uh, college campuses as like breeding grounds for toxic masculinity in this film. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the, um, 
especially regarding fraternities and yeah stuff oh like that, that especially yeah yeah and it hand- handles it in a way that's more sensitive than you know you'd see in his debut movie oh uh, yeah, yeah that, which is yeah <laughs> which is i mean he's he's said he's said my bad on that one yeah that scene is rough that, that scene's very rough but the thing is like the rest of the movie isn't but then yeah. that scene kind of colors it a little yeah. more i don't know it's weird i think i you know i loved the movie though i love uh, the she's movie gotta have it yeah yeah and it's and you know i don't I don't want to excuse him or whatever, yeah, but yeah. at least I I think he said something along the lines where I was kind of like working things out and like mm-hmm. how I think and whatever. But yeah, he was like just getting out of film school. Yeah, like, yeah. It's, you know, if someone, I don't know, I, I again, I'm not trying to make in, excuses. But indefensible when in, scene, but yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's indefensible in the same way that some early PTA is indefensible yeah. too, and the PTA stuff's just embarrassing drama and the Spike <laughs> stuff. He's like. Ooh, you're not supposed to portray whoa, whoa, whoa. that. Chill, chill, yeah, chill. please do not. Uh, yeah, <laughs> so it's it's different, but yeah. But I mean, yeah, that's that doesn't even really pertain to school days. I no, not say. at all. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there is like you know sexual assault in that movie, mm-hmm. but it's shown much more tastefully, or mm-hmm. not even like shown tastefully. It's shown in that way that I was saying. It's a very bleak portrait mm-hmm. of like campus culture mm-hmm. and sex on campus, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I mean, you just have some great moments. A great ending, didactic ending, where uh, one of Spike's best endings where, uh, I mean, I forgot all of what Lawrence Fishburne says, but you get kind of uh, a riff on his Dolly effect. It's not quite the one he's known for, but it's it's something different, like he's elevating in the air or something like that, this bright yellow, um, you know, sunrise palette. And he's just telling people, wake up, wake up. And, you know, I mean, it's very it's very powerful and it's, it's so it's so fucking good. That movie's really fucking good. Like it's I rank it among Spike's best and yeah, that's all that's all I got on it. I, I and think. just 11 years later The Matrix would end with Wake Up by Rage Against the Machine. <laughs> <laughs> wake what was that Bone Thugs song? Wake Up, Wake Up. Oh wake yeah, up. yeah, first of the month, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first of the yeah, people used to post that song on Facebook every first of the month. <laughs> I, 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 let's bring it back. Yeah, <laughs> such a good bit. <laughs> I think I should start doing. That. Yeah, tweet it from the podcast yeah. account. Yeah. <laughs> of the first. <laughs> Fuck that's a, that is a very good bit. A little peek behind the curtain. <laughs> New Year's twelve oh two. That's that's what we're posting. <laughs> first of the month. Instead of Happy New Year's, it's the first of the month. First day of 2020. <laughs> oh, man. Well, I don't know if I could top school days, you know, but uh, I I let Malcolm pick that one. My number one, my 1B, as it were, because school days might just be tied with it, is uh, one of my very favorites by John Carpenter, a fellow legend. Uh, I think Carpenter and Spike Lee are probably in the same spot for me. They're both like... In terms of American filmmakers of that mm-hmm. era, at the very, very tip top, you know. Um, so John Carpenter's "They Live" is his, you know, anti-consumerist. You you could say anti-capitalist satire, uh, science fiction, horror action, whatever you want to call it. Uh, starting Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David, and now Rowdy Roddy Piper brings his wrestling performance style to the cinema of john carpenter and i don't think i've ever seen performance match a director like that you know like i love the kurt russell performances for carpenter but rowdy roddy piper is literally the perfect carpenter uh like you know person to project all these ideas this dumb guy with a blank face (laughs) who can say you know quote unquote badass action lines that are so stupid such as the infamous you know here to kick ass and chew bubblegum stuff there is a fist fight in this movie that is i want to say five minutes long uh mainly shot in long takes and it's just piper and david like in an alley wrestling each other you know for uh piper to get david to put the uh the glasses on now the glasses you may have seen these in some some memes online (laughs) uh you know you put on the glasses and you see that donald trump is actually freaking putin Uh, (laughs) or you put on the glasses you get red pilled Oh, yeah. <laughs> this I like. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is definitely different than what the internet would consider red pilling. This is very much more about like what, you know, the root of uh, a capitalist society is all about. And then also the government within it and the distrust of systems and everything that 
creates the world that we live in. And there's even a part at the end where, uh, well, also, yeah, so pretty much everyone is revealed to actually be a zombie. And at the end, uh, there's a TV where Siskel and Ebert are on TV as zombies saying that uh, filmmakers like George Romero and John Carpenter (laughs) need to tone down their violence, you know? (laughs) And uh, that, if that's not like a middle finger of an ending, I don't know what is. uh... Oh, actually, it is the actual ending where you get that one last fucking funny ass jump scare uh, in bed. Like, not to spoil it for Malcolm, you'll forget this, but uh, it's a classic uh, (laughs) sexy time jump scare uh, that you end the film on, and it's very funny. Yeah, Carpenter is on that New World Order shit in this one, and just like... Uh, ahead of the game calling out uh the elite yeah dude carpenter like honestly this movie made me a bernie bro uh (laughs) (laughs) no i wish i could say that but uh i I don't know why i wish i could say that (laughs) no i I I wish wish that was true (laughs) (laughs) i wish john carpenter made me a bernie bro i was actually in the bernie uh, much more before he ran before the nomination just (laughs) keeping up with his role as a senator i've always been a fan so even since the 80s (laughs) When him and Carpenter were both doing their things, yeah. you know, John in L.A., Bernie in Vermont, and Burlington or whatever. Burlington, what? They're the, both railing the, against the systems that are, you know, putting down the oppressed people, you know? Burlington Coat Factory. <laughs> and it is great in this. It's almost like a dry run for... Uh, some parts of like uh prince of darkness and escape from la the way that he uses the city terrain and like the you know forced into homelessness people that set up kind of in parks and uh it's really like a lived in environment that he cares about instead of just showing it as the bottom of the barrel you know mm-hmm. uh and that might be what he's trying to show in like when alice cooper and gang show up in like prince of darkness you know it's not mm-hmm. that type of uh portrayal it's something much more sensitive to the people uh that these monsters that our society are harming <laughs> And number one is the film that we left in 1996, Fargo. Uh, we forgot to put that on <laughs> our list. Oh, Surprise shit. one. Well, I, I haven't I was fucking seen say that Rain either. Man for you our number seen, one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess Rain Man's number one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Rain Man. Definitely, yeah. definitely number one. Yeah. <laughs> definitely number one movie. <laughs> um, uh, have we all seen Dead Ringers? Did we go over that? No, we've talked about Dead Ringers on this podcast like four times. I don't want to talk think. about it, but uh, we have we can. all have we all seen it? I have not seen it. Uh, okay, that's what I was gonna say. Why? Well, I was just gonna say we could just put we don't we don't even need to talk about it. we could just put it as number one if we've all seen it, but I guess not. No, I haven't seen it. No, yeah. yeah. Um, what else could we put at number one? I had some other choices for 1998. You know, we could shout out some other films that yeah. didn't quite make the cut. One know? of my one of my favorite uh, action scenes of all time is in Bloodsport, where uh, uh, the final fight. Where in the final fight, <laughs> the his opponent Keep going his opponent blows sand in his eyes. John Claude Van Damme's eyes. Yeah. And um, he goes blind temporarily. And, like, the fight is, like, he's, he's like, he's feeling the space, so to speak. Yeah. He's, uh, what do people talk about in film reviews? Just bodies like bodies in spaces. Bodies in spaces <laughs> and some shit like that. Um, that's a definitely a body in space moment where he's just, he's, like, meditatively feeling the air. Like what, you know, deciding where to strike, and then yeah. he beats he beats a guy while blinded. I love major bodies and spaces moments. Yeah, dude. <laughs> they're similar to bra moments. <laughs> Total body and spaces moment. Also, the, I think it has a Richard Jewell moment where the because he fucks a female reporter who, oh, co- nice. who came to cover the fight. Yeah, uh, <laughs> come on. Calling that a Richard Jewell moment is great. That's definitely what that is when female reporters use sex to get information. Which is like that's just that's like if that's you think part about of it. Business. That's that's like being a better journalist than <laughs> other male journalists can really be sometimes. So. Oh man, I I just saw Richard Jewell and it's lovely. Uh, I wish that like that was actually something difficult and that Olivia. Uh, it's Olivia Wilde, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that Olivia Wilde's character wasn't just like a non-starter anyway, like just a nothing of a character mm-hmm. that doesn't belong in the movie at all tonally and the way she delivers the lines and everything. Like, it, I don't know what was going on with that writer when he wrote her yeah. parts, but uh, the rest of the movie is fucking incredible. And that's like what holds it back from being like one of the very best movies of the year. To It'll be on my top 10, you know, but uh, it, it's 
very close to it, like the 90 minute cut that I'll make. Uh, like <laughs> it, like when those fucking bros cut out all the women out of The Last Jedi. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do the, the female-less version of Richard Jewell. <laughs> uh, uh, honestly, uh, might, uh, you know, that might be a, you might be doing everyone a good service in this controversy. In it is news. cutting out a lot of uh, Don Draper, too, in the movie, because most of his scenes are with her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But he, he's okay. He's just he's kind of on autopilot, yeah. as our friend Evan said in the DMs earlier. We agreed on that. Um, <laughs> so you guys see anything else this year you wanted? Uh, like any? And you know, Beetlejuice was pretty fun, right? Never seen it. Never. You seen guys it. didn't see Beetlejuice while it was out in theaters nah. over the summer. How many times you say that? I man. was I was at work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the guy who hasn't even seen it. <laughs> uh, Beetlejuice was very good. Um, so is Woman on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. Have you seen that? The no. Pedro Almodovar? Very I've, never, good. I've never seen any by him. There's also this new director, Richard Linklater, who made this movie called It's Impossible to Learn How to Plow by Reading Books. I've seen, I've seen part, someone, someone put this movie in the background at like some bullshit film school party I was at. So. That's actually kind of a good bullshit yeah. film school background movie. Yeah. Um, it's respect, you know, like he figured out that he's a dialogue, he's a talkie director and he didn't have that figured out yet. I don't (laughs) think, uh, but it's pretty good still. I mean, he has a good eye for composition. Um, what do you guys think about Heather's? (laughs) <laughs> just, just another song Wait, why is walk on the wild side oh leave it on <laughs> <laughs> this is the best episode we've ever done <laughs> this is a fast car radio <laughs> mixtape um, this is the extended clip mixtape you compile all the songs we've played in this episode for the ultimate playlist <laughs> uh, what were uh, you gonna say about heathers though yeah i um in high school, um, some I was t- talking about this off the pod, um, but uh, a lady recommended this to me yeah. as like a as like a, a, a quirky indie flick that would nice. be great for someone who loves movies. Um, and I remember having to like fudge how much I really didn't like it yeah. to like upsell the positive parts. I nice. mean, I don't think it's like atrocious. Um, but it's definitely not like, any good. No, yeah. <laughs> I think I still have some fondness for this movie. You know, I'll, I'll bear some funny stuff. I'll, I'll bear Slater's the funny. Slater's yeah, funny. I like Slater. A I think lot. Slater's funny. I don't know. I just I remember that fondly. Although, like, I think the message is pretty like blah or whatever. Yeah. But uh, um, another not good movie is High Hopes by Mike Lee. That shit's <laughs> boring as fuck. Yeah, Mike. Yeah. Mike Lee. might I've never seen a movie by him. He might be boring though. That's it's what it's the hearing. kind of movie where they like go to the statue of someone that they like politically and just like talk about it. And it's just like nice, dude. Hell yeah. I think it's. I want to say they went to a statue of fucking like uh, Marx, but I can't. I can't be sure. Damn. But you know, yeah, Mike Lee. Like he he loves to make his actors rehearse for like six fucking months before they shoot. And, uh, you know, he's clearly an intellectual who loves, who just loves the working class. Yeah. <laughs> uh, working class much? Yeah, just shut that <laughs> off, High Hopes, and put on the Panic at the Disco song instead. Yeah, That's exactly. The better option. The Buddhist-Jesian, uh option. Truly Buddhist-Jesian. Um And better politics, too. <laughs> <laughs> Not to get political. <laughs> yeah. uh, I think I've mentioned Cocktail before. Um in this episode it's an essential tom cruise text for sure yeah this was like his carrying a shit movie like Mm -hmm. it was a shit movie that no one would see unless he was the star in it or whatever Mm -hmm. and it's not great but it's like about how like a man learns to love being like a cocktail waiter (laughs) not a waiter a cocktail bartender yeah, or whatever. yeah he's a mixologist mixologist and there's like a lot of dramatic scenes of him mixing drinks well and there's like there's even like a like i think there's something like there's some sort of like quote where it's like the bartender is the blank of the working man (laughs) 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 and he like stands on the bar and like everyone's cheering it's you know it's honestly for the cruise heads for the movies like tom cruise you can't lose heads that's uh (laughs) you gotta check it out i see you have it rated at a strong two and a half on letterbox yeah i mean i'm not saying it's um it's good for cultural reference exactly yeah it's important as a piece of cinema maybe not a good movie yeah not all movies have to be good some movies have to be bad my friend uh, on Letterboxd under the name Ponytail has it at three and a half stars. Damn. If I recall correctly, he said he has a, a poster of it in his bedroom. <laughs> That's if sick. If I recall correctly. And if I, if I am recalling correctly, fucking shout out, dude. Yeah. That's sick. A, mo- a modern example of a movie like Cocktail is that Bradley Cooper movie Burnt or whatever. 
where he plays like a like he a, is so pissed off in that a no nonsense <laughs> chef. Yeah, he's doing a Ramsayan, um, fucking. He's so burnt in that movie. Yeah. Um, telling telling people the proper way to cook and type shit. Um, yeah, that's it. that's the end of that thought. <laughs> Well, next up on Fast Car Radio <laughs> <Yeah>. is uh, <laughs> a little Paul Simon <laughs> for that ass. <laughs> Paul Simon for that. <laughs> Me and Julio down by the schoolyard. <laughs> Never heard this one. Oh, it's a banger. Turn my headphones up. Turn me down. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no, we can't get sued for copyright from Paul Simon. But um, yeah, 1988's a strange year, you know. You had shows like Cheers, and with sitcoms like Cheers, you can't lose. <laughs> Cheers. Definitely have seen an episode of Cheers. Definitely, have, definitely It's have, quite good. Yeah. Definitely have watched a TV show from 1988. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, other than, like, sports reruns. Yeah. That's all I've seen is the Dodgers winning the World Series. Yeah, also, I got I got beef with that because they're beating the A's, right, in the World Series? I believe so. That's oh, yeah. Dennis Eckersley yeah. uh, who gave up the, uh, the famous home run. Yeah, fuck that. That fucking sucks. I like the 89 World Series a little better where the, the A's win. So how about that? I guess that's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, actually, my favorite movie of the year is probably Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> Paul Giamatti and Straight Outta Compton. <laughs> legendary performance. Paul Giamatti, that year, 2015, Paul Giamatti, he played the same guy in every movie. He'd be like the one guy who has to yell at everyone <laughs> in the movie. No, we can't do this, guys. <laughs> San Andreas. Yeah, <laughs> I can't think of another one, but I bet if he's in another movie that year, I bet that's well, what he, he was. Well, he was in the Phenom, where he was like the yeah. psychologist of the baseball player, yeah. and he's yeah, he was very much like you can't throw strikes because you want to kill your father. <laughs> well, there you go. That three makes it a prime example. Um, so I guess we're gonna be taken out here by the sweet sounds of NWA. Hell yeah. Uh, we'll see you next week on Extended Clip. Um, you know, maybe uh, I was going to say give us some emails to read next week. We're recording well, the next one right now. True, I mean, but load up that mailbox. Yeah, load up the mailbox when we get back from break. That's true. Uh, load up that Fill mailbag. Up. Yeah, hit that shit up. ExtendedClipPodcast at gmail.com. Um, man, I really hope the person next door playing straight out of Compton turns it off soon <laughs> yeah. so we don't get hit with a copyright suit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, take us back to 2019, please. All right, I will try. I'm starting up the. I'm starting up the car now. I can't. I can't get the keys. <laughs> Everyone loves the time machine. <laughs> yeah. God, the, the fucking starter's blowing. <laughs> it's so annoying. I can't get back to 2019. Okay, there we go. Car is starting, and let's go. <laughs> oh, we're back, and everyone's accepted Kanye West as their lord and savior. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, good night, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>